I hate language. Like, I just, like, no specific language, just all language in general. Like, I just, you know. Hi, welcome to what? I'm Jax. And I'm David. So, David, how are things? Things are going okay. Uh, it's the middle of the week. Uh, it's a Wednesday. Just um, got home a little bit ago. Took the train home from work. Relaxing a little bit. Glad we have this time together here, Jax. How about you? Uh, I've been alone this week, but uh, a good alone. Just been focusing on my things and playing some video games. Yeah, I, I think that's so important to be able to have that kind of time to yourself to kind of decompress, kind of refocus. Like when a muscle has just been flexed for so long and you're like, wow, I can finally relax a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been good mentally for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been a while and it's been a long time coming. What, what are you playing? Forza Horizon 5. Probably. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Game of the year, right? Game of the year. It's going Xbox to doesn't have any games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got Halo Infinite coming out and I'm, I'm a big Game Pass guy, so I have like all of the all of the Game Pass games that I've been playing pretty much. It's been an amazing, I would say the past few weeks, I wanted to say month, but Xbox has just been coming out with one thing after another, particularly after like Sony's state of play, that last state of play they came they did that just completely bombed. They have had a real dearth of good news or information xbox has just been dominating the news cycle it's been really wild what's dearth i think that dearth is a lack of i think i know how to spell that word i think it's a, you're you're the wordsmith i believe it's d-e-a-r-t-h it means lack i'm almost like i'm like 67 percent sure <laughs> we'll look that up later um <laughs> i've been very pleased with Game Pass. I have Game Pass Ultimate, but that's like it has EA play in there too. So I have like a bunch of EA games, and I got Age of Empires four on day one. That was awesome. Tribute Chase. Yeah. I also have Game Pass Ultimate, and I I find myself downloading a ton of games and then just playing the same three games over and over again that I've always been playing. What are those games? Uh, Destiny. Um. Warframe. Um, uh, I periodically will dip into like Halo or Mass Effect. So, Warframe is one of those games that just frustrates me because of uh, how slow the attacks are on some of the characters. Are you talking about the the sword, the melee attacks, or more like the shooting? Oh, maybe maybe I'm getting mixed up with something else. Maybe you're thinking about Warhammer. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Game Pass is, is, I'm definitely, I'm loving Forza Horizon. The game, it sounds amazing. Yeah, let's, let's dig into that a little bit because people are saying it's the best Forza. Have you played the previous Forzas? Yes, I played all of them. Okay. And what, how would you say this one stacks up to the previous versions? So there's a difference. There's a big thing you have to differentiate right so there's forza motorsport and forza horizon forza motorsport is a i wouldn't say it's a sim 
but it's more serious in the terms of like a lot of the tolerances are tighter. Um, it, it, the controls are very tight, and and you got to be good with the controls. You can like when I play Forza Motorsport, I hook up my racing sim, right? Mm-hmm. So my rig is my my wheel and pedals and shifter. I have that going. Oh, so you're when serious play, about it? Oh yeah, yeah. When I play Horizon, I play with a controller. Now you can play with the rig, and it can be fun because uh, Forza Horizon has this uh, drift camera. So if you're in the cockpit of the car and like you're drifting, like the the whole thing moves with your head. Ah, oh, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but I'll more often than not play with a controller. Um, just because it's 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 more third person friendly and like the views of the scenery and around you are are awesome. I so for example, Forza Horizon, the first one, was in Colorado, right? They they, they built this. It's kind of a story. So it's a festival that occurs for an entire year in whatever place, and the festival you're they you know they have races and different kinds of things going on you can you can just drive around the locale uh horizon 2 was in england but going or not england it was in europe yeah you could drive down to italy yeah it was mainland europe three was australia four was england and four was i have countless hours in forza horizon 4 uh i've i have so much time in that game just building cars and and making them how i want to make them and driving them around the entire landscape and now this one's in mexico and the the way they've done it is so so good now i max out my vram every time i'm playing it so you're playing in performance mode or i am playing extreme everything okay and I'm getting 60 frames, but I am maxing out my VRAM. Wow. It is beautiful. Um, the reflections in the puddles and the rain and the way that, like, oh, it's great. Um, so you're playing on PC? I'm playing on PC. Okay, yeah. The best thing about it, though, is the sound of the cars. Mm. Um, I have a thx like desktop sound system um that i play with and it's uh when when you hear that v8 roar and then you can like change the intake or the exhaust of a car and it changes the sound of the car and it's like oh man yeah so there's two questions i have one yeah you said the one was in england and i know you've lived in england for a time i've heard other people say that the um the setting, the streets, everything is so real that it's almost like going back. Like you could actually find areas that you used to frequent in that country. Did you experience anything like that? So it, it's it's the countryside of England, right? It's, it's not really London. It goes into Edinburgh. And if you're familiar with the Grand Theft Auto games, how they kind of take liberties with locale just to make it fit inside of a game. It's uh, it's like that. So things are familiar, things are inspired, but they're not exact. Um, you can go to a place and be like, "Oh yeah, I know that building," or "Yeah, this kind of looks like that park or whatever." Uh, so th- they name real places and real things in England, but their location in relation to each other is way off. But it, it's it's nice. It's nice. Um, 
they did say specifically for Forza Horizon 5 is they took a lot more free will with the roads. So Horizon 4 was like more realistic roads. Horizon 5 is they took curves from racetracks all over the world and just and plopped them to make a city out of it. So literally every road that you drive feels amazing. There's like a, a dirt path that goes up to a volcano and it, I, I take my rally car up there. Like, oh, I'm having so much fun. Nice. The other thing I've been hearing about is like the RPG aspects of Forza Horizon 5 as far as the way the game seems like it's kind of designed to also appeal to like these non-racing, you know, fans per se. You know, every few, I don't know, every few miles, whatever, you, you get these achievements that pop up. It gives you achievements for running over fences and other debris and, you know, high jumps. And it also seems to kind of overwhelm you with things to do. Do you, you know, kind of see that happening in your play? So, yeah, so there's there's constant skill things that are happening, right? So you're getting experience points, and those experience points actually progress you throughout the story. So in, in order to unlock showcases, which are these big-time events, you have to earn experience. And you earn experience by, like, drifting or, like, getting close to cars and drive really fast next to them or doing really big jumps, getting high speeds or, you know, winning races and that, that sort of stuff. As far as being overwhelmed, I kind of know what it's kind how it could appear to be that way, but it's not like you, you have to do all that stuff. If you just do the races, you'll get enough XP to unlock the showcases. Now the showcases are like, the one I just did today was racing a freight train that's dropping carriages. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so the, the wow. freight train's got a path, and then, like, there's one part of it where, like, you, you jump, and, like, the freight train driver, like, drops a carriage, and you, like, jump through the path of the carriage as it's moving. Or uh, another one was I raced two monster trucks in a... In a... Uh, what was it called? It was a... Uh, it's a Ford Bronco, but off-road version. Right, another showcase I did was one of the first ones that I did. Oh, uh, stick a V12 engine into a pinata float and jump it off the top of a mountain. <laughs> wow. So it's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I-, I feel like you should give it a shot. Even if you don't like like racing games, I think you'll, you'll have a good time with it. I think I may actually give it a shot. Is and I don't want to go too hard on Forza, but um, there were two interesting interesting things that happened on Twitter. It appeared that Xbox was sending out some tweets saying that the game had launched, and what it actually meant that it was an early access, and the yeah. early access involved paying like forty four dollars to get early access, as well as some other free things, cars, or something that came with it. And people were kind of upset because they were going on to Game Pass and being like, oh, this game is supposed to be day-and-day Game Pass, but, you know, it only released, what, yesterday, I think, or today? Yeah. And, and for, for regular release. So I thought that was kind of funny. But they, it was already up to, like, 1 million players, even yeah. in early access. So they're, like, making bank on that. Yeah, so that's the, that was the whole thing is, is uh, I didn't... I didn't pay ahead of time for early access. Um, it's called the premier add-on or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
but as I was playing it today, I ended up buying the premiere add-on because oh my gosh, <laughs> I uh, it, it gave you like twenty-four cars, and then it gives you like another car per week for the next thirty weeks. But it also allowed some. Uh, I mean, it. I I don't know how to explain. <laughs> I, so you yeah. loved it so much, you got it for free, and you still wanted to pay money, yeah, into the game. So yeah. th- that leads into my next question. Like, so people talk about game of the year, and you know, sports and racing, they end up squeezing them into one category because sports and racing games can never be game of the year. And this year, people are saying, "Oh, you know, we should be talking about Forza as game of the year because it's just that good. And there is almost universal acclaim across the board. Even, you know, people who are, and I'm not going to get into like the console wars, but people who swear by Sony are playing Forza and loving it. So you think it should be in that conversation? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to download it. Let me see how many hours I I have in it right now. I have never played uh, a Forza game. Um, just never, you know, I think of racing, I'm like, oh, racing, you know, I got to shift gears, you know, do all this work just for, you know, not much. But uh, I, mean, I you actually, can leave it an automatic if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the RPG aspects. You know, there's, you know, you you start off the game, right, as like this hot shot racer. So you, you've already got your ego pumped up because everyone's acting like you're just amazing person. And then... You've got your Superstar. teammate. Yeah. You've got your teammate or trainer telling you, hey, you got to go here, you know, climb so, to the top of this Aztec mountain. Yeah, yeah. So basically what it is, right, is is these festivals have people that run different aspects of the festival. So there's the main organizer. Um, then there's someone who does, like, the dirt races or someone who does the street races, someone who does, like, the Baja type or the cross-country races, someone who does the asphalt races. So these are all people of your crew that you've had experience with in Forza, uh, Forza Horizon 4, which is where you built your character and whatever. And when you win Forza Horizon 4, uh, you become that superstar. So it's carrying over, hey, this is the hotshot superstar from winning last year's Horizon. Uh, so yeah. I wonder what would happen with someone like me who has never played the previous games, whether the game would change or would it still like shoehorn me into that superstar role? I still think it shoehorns you into that superstar role. I'm, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how, how that would work, but I'm trying to see how many hours I have in this game already. Um, uh, 12 hours and 8 minutes. Okay. And you just started, what, yesterday? Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's intense. Six hours a day. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> so you really haven't been up to much else. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what have you been watching? But now I guess, you know, that that's a moot moo point. Actually, so before I started playing Horizon, I played or I watched uh, Generation Kill again on HBO. Generation Kill. Remind me what that is. I don't remember. It follow, it's a true story of a, a Rolling Stones reporter that followed a bunch of recon marines into uh, the battle, uh, the war in Iraq. Wow. That sounds intense. It's intense. It's hilarious. It's, uh, Is it a comedy? No, but it's... Okay. It, yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever talked to like, 
or, or seeing how Marines act around other Marines? You know, I, I can only go off the movies I've seen. Sometimes there's a, there's a lot of banter, a lot of ribbing going on. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. So everyone, the interesting thing about um, uh, Generation Kill is that, again, like I said, it's a true story. One of the actors actually is what plays himself. Oh, wow. Was he a soldier or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I find like that always adds a bit of nuance. Like, even when a story is kind of like loosely wrapped around the facts, the fact that they say, you know, based on a true story, it just kind of changes the way you look at it, right? Because like, if something very traumatic happens in the movie, I can always step back and say, okay, well, that doesn't bother me too much because that didn't really happen. But in a movie that says it's based on facts, I'm always a little bit like, hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, serious. that's really serious. I mean, there, there are children killed. There are, yeah, it's, it's very grim and very serious about war. Um, there, there's a scene where, um, they're, they're looking at a village. It's just women and children playing. And then all of a sudden they get bomb dropped on them. Like it's, you know, it's, it's not, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's crazy. If you're put off by uh, gore, then I wouldn't watch it. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that in a second, but I want to ask you, because you said you watched it again. Yeah. So why, why is this the second time? Why, why, did you, like, why do you have to keep going back to, the, to this movie that makes it so, so great? I was you know, scamming, scanning YouTube, and then I saw a clip of a scene of the... Like a, like a 10 second scene for that movie I'm like ah oh, that was a great watch and so I just started watching it again <laughs> it's like an 8 uh, or 7 episode miniseries wow okay yeah did you, did you finish it? yeah oh my god so that's another 7 or 8 hours mm-hmm. How? so how much are you sleeping? I went to sleep at 11 last night woke up at 6.30 okay that's not bad no yeah I'm fine yeah, so speaking about gore, I um, started watching The Harder They Fall, uh, which is a Netflix um, a movie with African-American cast, uh, like a cowboy, kind of tombstone-y, I forget what the other movie that it's based on. But I ended up, I, I forgot what those movies were like. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch this, it's going to be a fun time. It, it, was not, it was not a fun time. <laughs> I think I turned it off after... And, you know, this is, you know, negative points to me. I think I turned it off after like seven minutes. I just wasn't mentally prepared. <laughs> so seven minutes of it? Something like that. Yeah, the, the opening scene, and I, this, this literally happens right at the beginning of the movie, so I'm, you know, not really spoilers, but um, the opening scene is just like, I guess this preacher and his, his wife and child are sitting down to dinner and, you know, He's got his his rifle. It's all very peaceful and loving. His rifle is on the wall, like above the doorway, and um, I don't know. He hears a knock at the door. He goes to see who it is, and the guy just kind of pushes into his house, and he's like, "Wait, wait, no, no, no!" And the guy just more or less like shoots him and his wife in cold blood right in front of the kid. And I just, it's kind of funny when movies open up with violence, like before you you're attached to the characters. So I don't know if the guy who did that was good or bad. And the next scene is the kid who had that happen to him. He's grown up 
and now he's kind of doing the same thing to someone else. And so I was like, whoa, I've just stepped into a, a den of gun slinging murder. And, you know, I just wasn't prepared for it. So I may revisit it. I may not. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like there are certain movies that I watch and I'm like, okay, this is John Wick. I know what this is about. And I'm ready. You know, there are other movies where like, you know, I'm expecting something a little bit different and it kind of catches me off guard. So You're mentally preparing yourself for stuff. Okay. Yeah. Hey, what they say is hurt people hurt people. I'm trying not to be hurt. I'm trying not to hurt myself. No, but I'm saying in the in the context of the movie, right? Hurt oh, sure. Hurt. Right, but but that's the thing. Like, as I've you know, as the years have passed, and I've watched more and more things, and read more and more things, and have seen the effect that it has on me. Like sometimes I'm just I'm not down for the negativity of that particular moment. You know, I I do a really weird thing where I I personalize. Things that have this goes back to what I was saying about certain movies. I reckon rationalize and say, "Hey, this wasn't, this didn't really happen. This wasn't a true story." But if it's a true story, then I'm like, "Wow, this really happened to this person. This is so sad," you know. So I tend to internalize those feelings. So I have to. I've noticed more and more that I have to be cautious about what I'm taking into my mind because it will stay with me longer, you know, long after the movie is over, even if the movie has a happy ending. And yeah. that's particularly why I dislike movies that don't have happy endings, because it leaves me with these unresolved, that wasn't right, justice wasn't served type of feeling. So, so uh, I have to say, David, I completely am the same way. I, when I watch a movie or I'm watching something, I, um, I, I completely transpose myself into the, the space of where the movie is. So... Things that happen, whether they're real or not, or happen or not, I, I kind of experience them as if I were there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, especially now, I'm, I can't watch movies that or scenes that have any sort of kids in danger, even though, even if I know they're going to be absolutely okay. Like in uh, Fast 8, where Jason Statham is running through an airplane with a baby carrier and a baby in it. Uh, and there's gunfire everywhere. And he's just running through the entire airplane, taking people out, shooting here, shooting that. And he has a baby carrier and one arm. And I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't watch the scene. Uh, but like, uh, so did you see the new James Bond? I haven't seen the new James Bond, um, so I, I just went back to the movie theaters just recently to see Dune. Um, we can talk about oh, that later. Yeah, we got to talk about Dune. But uh, but yeah, tell me about James Bond. Well, I mean, if you haven't seen it, then I'm not going to say anything. Okay. But um, I mean, so one not, thing not I it, have. Go ahead. I was going to say not that it ruins the movie. It's just sure. It, I well, after you watch it, we'll talk about it. There was a movie that I did recently see that did involve an underage girl, which was Gunpowder Milkshake, um, which I wanted to watch. It's kind of like a female John Wick, and you know, I was I was prepared for it, and I watched it and uh, enjoyed it for the most part. Kind of, I don't want to say accept, but um, in spite of the fact that the main character kind of became paired up with what appeared to be like an eight-year-old girl, and She's going through this, you know, murder kill spree, 
and kind of like telling the little girl to kind of like close her eyes and you know while these explosions and gunfire is going off and towards the end of the movie the little girl claimed that she was the protege of the main character and it it, don't get me wrong i enjoyed the movie but there was something kind of unsettling about that concept that and i, I th- think that's yeah. the point right like that's like the leon the professional right well this was not a teenager this was like a pre you know pre preteen like i mean natalie portman that movie is what 11 12 oh is she oh i thought she was a teenager no okay she she i mean from what I understand, she was like 11, 12, 13, something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it breaks the immersion for me a little bit. To, like, you know, it's just, it's not realistic that someone would actually do that for, you know, a day or two days or however long it's, you know, the movie was shot over. A two-hour movie could, could take maybe a week in, in you know, movie time to, to finish, you know, that you would drag around a little kid with you unless the kid was you know, being chased after or there's a ransom involved or something like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if, if that would bother me as much as having a kid. Like, well, hey, in, in Generation Kill, there's a, there's a little boy. He's got to be four or five, and he's been hurt. And the Marine doctor is looking at him. And, like, these older men come by pushing everything behind yelling in like everyone's face, pushing the kid over to try to get some Valium from the doctor. Like it's a little kid gets knocked to the ground like that. You know, that upsets me. It's upsetting. It, it yeah. And it upsets me more now than I, than I've had a kid. Yeah. Right. Um, I would imagine so. And like, I, I, like I was telling you before, like when I watched inception again, like a couple weeks ago and the ending of that movie just completely broke me. I know, I know. I love that. I've seen, I've seen Inception so many times, but I hadn't seen it since I've had a child, and now I watched it again, and I feel... This hits different. It hits different. (laughs) Just completely different. I was blindsided by how, you know, I felt after that movie. The father-son relationship in that movie is, is really interesting to me because... You know, I won't say it reminds me of my relationship with my father, but it it just brought to the forefront so many so many aspects of what it means to be the son of someone who expected or you felt expected a certain amount from you. And there's these unstated feelings. And then, you know, my father, you know, he's he's seventy eight, he's definitely in the twilight of his life. And just the change in him now versus what he was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, is just very different. And his personality is different. And I, I just love the fact that the concept of Inception is about planting this idea in someone's head, not forcing the idea upon them, but letting it grow in an organic way to make them arrive at a place that you, they never thought they would arrive at. It's incredible writing. Um, but that, that wasn't even what, what got me. And oh, really? what got me was Leo getting back to his kids mm. and not knowing if they're real. Ah, I forgot about that part. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so his mental turmoil, you know, not only and we're you know, obviously I don't know how far we want to spoil this, but yeah, just dealing it's been with years. Because we can talk about Inception. <laughs> it's too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> but yeah, what happened with his wife, the responsibility he feels toward his children. And then there's the whole talk back and forth, you know, was it really a dream at the end? Did he ever get back to see his kids? And yeah, that's just, I could see, and that's so funny, right? Because I don't have kids. And it's funny to see how I focus in on the father-son relationship, whereas you focused in on the father-to-his-children relationship as someone who has had children as kind of being the focal point and that desire to be with your kids and being prevented from doing so. Like that's and not, and when you finally get there, not knowing if they're real. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's what broke me. That's what he does at the end, right? He spins <laughs> his top to and see. Don't know. And the movie cuts out. Yep. That yeah. that physically broke me. Um, even though and, you had seen it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'd seen it, I had going on the walking down the same Christopher Nolan path. Like I saw in, uh, Interstellar for the first time. Oh really? You hadn't seen Interstellar. I, I hadn't seen Interstellar. I don't know why. I was kind of like uh, I, I wanted to see it, but then it's a long movie. I never wanted. I never had the time to invest in watching it. I wouldn't have watched it if I wasn't with some friends who wanted to watch it. I didn't see it in the theater, and I'm glad I didn't. But um, yeah, go go on. Um, the that dichotomy was was you know also hard for me. Like it, him trying to get it back to his daughter, right? And you've seen it, right? I've seen it. By the time he gets back to her, so much time has passed, and I think she's kind of up in age, right? Right, but it, him leaving and her like him realizing that it's been years since her last message and getting it, and then her video to him and how he felt when when she basically gave up on him and sent that video. Is that the scene? So I, I've seen this scene used in different aspects. I feel like that's the scene where he's kind of like he's on some type of ship. I, I think he's kind of like looking at a screen, and he's yep. he eventually tears start to fall from his yep. eyes. Yeah, that's the scene where he's basically watching his his children grow up through video message to him. Right. His son has a son. His his daughter. It, it, he doesn't have any messages from the daughter until the very end. He has one, where she basically tells him he he, he she hates him. You know. Um. She grew up. She grew up, and he wasn't there for her. And so that that's a fascinating thing, right? Even if what you're doing, even if you're trying to save the world, just, you know, leaving your children to do that, the child will always feel like you chose something over them. They will always yeah. feel abandoned. Mm -hmm. Even if you're I, doing it for the greatest, most wonderful cause. I, I can tell you right now, I couldn't do it. No. I couldn't. No. <laughs> I'm, I think a lot of people couldn't. Uh, you know, I, I can't even imagine doing, you know. All right, we've gotten pretty deep. You want to dump into <laughs> dump into. You want to jump into Dune. Yeah. So <laughs> have, have you seen? I have seen Dune. Um, okay. Have you read the books? So I yeah, I'm gonna try not to make this. I'm trying not to ramble too long. So I just real briefly, I, I've heard about Dune all my life. I have never, I had never watched it until maybe like a couple of years ago. I watched it with my wife. One of her you favorite watched, movies. You watched the David Lynch Dune. I, I watched the major movie that most people have seen. Yeah, the old not, one. 
1984 David Lynch. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. So that that was so you gotta remember it was the same thing with me uh, as with Cats when I when I watched on TV the original the the, the musical Cats because I Don't also get me started grew- on the animated version. There's an animated version of Cats. It came out this year. <laughs> oh, you mean the CGI? Not yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna talk about that. I didn't see that. Um, and obviously, nope. that's that's another we we can go there. No, <laughs> I don't know no. if you have time for that. No. <laughs> Wait, let me ask you this: Did you see that? You didn't see that. No. You okay? Because okay. <laughs> if you did see it, then we would have to talk about. It. So I'm interested. I'm not going to talk about. It. <laughs> All right. So as a young person, you know, Cats was always kind of like being advertised on TV commercials. See the sensational Cats live. You know, so I always grew up thinking that I'm, I'm into musicals. I always thought that Cats was one of the top five, top 10 musicals ever. So finally, I'm sitting down with my wife. We watch Cats. And, you know, honest to goodness, it was a, a severe letdown where I realized that there really is no story to Cats. It is simply people giving these speeches about their lives. So it's comparative in a way you know dune obviously has a story but i heard a lot about dune it had kind of been built in built up in my mind compared to star wars okay great you know finally you know i'm gonna sit down to watch this classic science fiction i love science fiction let's get into this so we turn on dune and i'm kind of like you know trying to give it a pass on the graphics it's, it's an old movie i'm not gonna count that against it but it was just really, I felt kind of soulless and just lacking a lot of the mystique or, or wonder. Like, it didn't grab me. Everyone was kind of, like, dull, the characters. And then there was this really gross dude with boils on his face. And, you know, it's just like, it skeeved me out more than anything. So my expectations dropped super low. Now, at this point, I have not read the books. So I did borrow the book. Um, from one of my coworkers who had the original books, um, and I did start reading it. But meanwhile, you know, the Dune movie comes out. You know, my wife loved that old movie, and you know, we both love science fiction, so we wanted to go see Dune. Um, so we saw Dune in the theater. Like I said, it was the first movie I we went back. You know, um, since the pandemic started, went back to the physical movie theater. Um, had a pretty good time. So tell me what you thought about it. I thought it was a masterpiece. I've seen the David Lynch film. I've read, I've read uh, the first two books. Um, it was, yeah. Some 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 things were changed. Obviously, uh, they had to be to for the movie. But I think the feeling that you got while everything was being built and and shown to you was almost exactly what I had in my mind when I was reading the book. Like the, that, it had a strong Arabic culture steeped in you know it, it it felt super super well done to me, and uh, I, I'm excited for the second one. Yeah. So since you're someone who've read the books and I haven't, I have a question in terms of that because there have been a mini series. You know, prior to this movie, there's there was a mini series. And I yeah. believe there was, you know, the David Lynch movie, like you said, I think there might have been another movie or something similar. I've heard, I haven't seen the miniseries, um, but I've, I've heard there was another attempt at it. And what's so interesting to me about Dune is that 
like I said, my expectations or my estimation of the story kind of took a nosedive after seeing that movie. But at the same time, I had to acknowledge that there was something special about it because people kept trying to make videos of it. And I feel like there must be gold in that book, which is why I still want to read the book. You know, something that's just not translating well to the screen. What part kind of didn't do it for you? Um, so I, I did enjoy this movie, um, obviously a lot more than the other one. I, I still feel that the characters were a little bit like they were just not passionate, but I think that's kind of like sort of what Dune is kind of about. I think the, the father, I can't remember his name, played by Oscar Isaac in this movie. I really loved his, I mean, Oscar Isaac is just an amazing actor. Um, I, I love the way he portrayed the father. He seems to me to be the most passionate out of all the, the characters. The problems, I didn't really have many problems with it. Just, you know, a graphical masterpiece, I felt like. Um, the problems that I have were, sad to say, were, were, were casting. You know, really? I... I yeah. So, I, I thought Timothy Chalamet pray, played an arrogant, an arrogant teenager like he was supposed to play, right? I, I, I would agree with that. Um, that's, that's what he was, right? That's what he was growing up to be. He... he grew up in this super, you know, upper class society where people were taught to behave a certain way, right? I think I think they cast him well. Uh, what about Duncan Idaho? Talk about passion. Jason Momoa? Yeah, I, I he he played with passion. I I I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, some some of those fight scenes were amazing, you know, the 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 way he was protecting them and sacrificing himself and and even when you thought he was down, he wasn't down. I mean, yeah, that was the the cool part about that, right? I did some research into this and a lot of uh Hema people, which is the histor- historical European European martial arts folks, applauded the director for the for the fight scenes because the way the shields work, the nothing that fast moving can go through them, right? Which is why they use short swords because a long sword you don't have the mobility in close combat. Um, That's a good point. Short swords and daggers that have long blades, right? So you can. Um, It'll just glance off. Well, no, no, not even glance off. If you uh, so the shield stops it as you saw the projectile, right? So right, like right. if you hit your sword or your dagger in a sliding motion on the shield, right? It'll stop the shield before the impact, but as you swipe. The, sl- the lateral movement is what does the damage versus the actual impact of the of the sharp bit. Oh, interesting. So that, that so has to be at an angle. So you're slicing people versus stabbing people. Right, right. Unless you're doing a slow stab, right? Which is which is different. That happens in the movie. But like, so some I've watched some YouTube videos of people like, well, if if this was the situation, if these are the shields that that happen, what type of weapons, what type of fighting would occur, what type of damage would occur, and it's exactly what you see in the movie. That was a really fascinating concept, and I haven't really seen that, you know, done exactly in that way in anything else. And, you know, kudos to Dune and, and the, the storyteller, you know, for coming up with these concepts that you really don't see repeated very much. A lot of star, uh, star, a lot of science fiction movies kind of repeat the same ideas, but Dune introduces a number of kind of new concepts to it. It's interesting to me that you say introduces. Dude, when you think of science fiction... Dune was the first. <laughs> every science fiction movie and every single science fiction book that came out was inspired by Dune. 
it's a natural progression of us as humans in a technological way like we can only think of ideas as we as a, a race or uh, even a planet as we get these technological advances if it wasn't going to be dune it's going to be something else but dune like you said I, I you know i give dune his flowers you know i mean I, <laughs> you know it, it was going to be another movie you know but you could even say that star wars you know bit off dune you know they and did. That, <laughs> yeah, that would be a valid point. You can't really argue that. You um, can't argue because what's his name uh, said that he he took inspiration from from Dune. So <laughs> right, yeah. So getting back to what I was saying about the casting, Lucas George Lucas. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Timothy Chalamet, whatever his name is, he, he's a skinny dweeb. Oh, yeah. He's extremely skinny, and I think that would be fine. So just for comparison's sake, I'll go back to the nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty five one. At the beginning of that movie, the guy who played Paul, um, he came off that same way. By the end of that movie, the way he carried himself, his posture, his voice had changed. He almost looked like he had grown up while you were watching the movie. There was almost like this visceral change. Yeah. You could see him as a man. That didn't happen in this movie. Well, because it's only part one. He looked like a skinny 13-year-older at the beginning and he looked like a skinny 13 year old at the end and the problem that i have with that and maybe i'm being superficial but there's a lot of fighting in this movie and i find it very hard to believe that this kid could beat anyone the way that he was rolling people in this movie so that's one problem i'll jump over quickly to my second issue which of course is zendaya she looks out of place you know i i know she's a person of color but she didn't look like she would be the type of person who'd be rolling around with a grisly, you know, Arab-looking group of people. She looks very exotic. She looks out of place. These two cast, these two casting, these actors, they were cast for trendy reasons. It was exactly the same thing as the Jonas Brothers being in Les Mis. That, the dude can't even sing well. There was no reason, and I'm not saying the two of them can't act, because I think they can act. But... They looked like they were there to be paired up specifically with each other to grab the younger audience because it was kind of in vogue, you know, and I'm just not about that, you know. So, I'm going to wa watch the second one. They didn't ruin the movie for me, but I, they definitely broke the immersion. So I'll speak to both parts, right? So, yes, in the, in the David Lynch film, he changed his character arc. It completes. But you got to remember, this is half the movie. And in terms of fight scenes, he only fought one person. So there were a number of flashbacks. He actually, there was a flashback where he was in the suit. You know, he was flashing forward, I'll say. So, and, yeah, yeah. You haven't read the book, so I won't ruin it for you. But, like, it, 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 it's, well, you've seen the movie, right? So you know. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I know what happens in the first movie. So, I mean, and I think it's amazing. I think it's great that the movie was so well received that we know there's going to be a part two. By the time there's a part two, he'll have he'll be another year or two older. He might have bulked up a little bit. And if you watch those two movies together, I bet there'll be a visible difference in how he appears in part two. And that'll work really well. Just me taking part one, you know, I just, he literally looks like he's 80 pounds. Like, I, I just, I can't. Because well, he is. It's the same problem I have with, with Gail Galdot and, and, and Wonder Woman. She should not have been cast in that role. She is not an Amazonian woman. So, but, you know. Um, I'm going to disagree with you completely <laughs> on that one. Gal Gadot? Yeah. Um, 
Okay, yeah. let me ask you this. Have you seen Wonder Woman in the comic books? Like, I, I, I don't feel like I have to say much. Like, it's just... What about... What physical similarities are there between how Wonder Woman is portrayed physically? And, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be sexist. I don't, you know... I think they're a beautiful skinny woman. I think they're a beautiful muscular woman. I think they're a beautiful, you know, women of size. But Gal Gadot looks nothing like the Wonder Woman that we see portrayed in the comics. And this is the whole topic. I could go on about Aquaman and Jason Momoa and how that, I don't agree with that and blah, blah, blah. But it, it, it comes, where it comes in for me is when it breaks the immersion. I don't believe this woman looks physically strong enough. And maybe she is, but she doesn't match the character. She is, um, well, hey, put it this way, right? She was, she was in the Israeli army. Yeah, and I want to make that clear. I'm not, yeah, I'm not doubting the actual person's strength. I'm sure she could throw me across the room. I'm totally good with that. I, I would actually love to experience that. But <laughs> just from a visual standpoint, just watching, you know, it's a comic book movie. It's a superhero movie. I mean, we expect our heroes to look a certain way unless we're you know just gonna abandon well how uh, we perceive superheroes to look characters that you don't think physically fit is robert pattinson the new batman but did you see the new trailer i did see the new trailer i am absolutely jazzed about that trailer i i do i am interested in seeing that uh, batman is an outlier because we've seen so many people play him um people who have not been so the latest bat the batman before this ben affleck was my ideal physical specimen of a batman but obviously look at all the people who have played batman and i mean batman has also been portrayed in the comic books uh, as having different sizes and i'm not saying there's never been a skinny wonder woman in the comics i'm sure there has been a smaller one but she was always supposed to, she was supposed to be an amazonian like i, I just they're they're not skinny like i just i, I, I can't well, but how would you how would you get that in real life like who would play that so and how would you find more than one <laughs> <laughs> so any of the people who played the amazonians who were who were fighting with her in the movie were they were all bigger than her her well, co-stars you, well but here's the thing she's not full amazonian right okay she's half <laughs> amazonian but I mean, still, again, she's just not portrayed as small in the comics. Like I just, you know, so I, I'm talking about when I say small, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about if you look at someone's shoulder and then you look at their bicep and you look at their elbow, if your shoulder, your bicep and your elbow are the complete same length and your arm is legitimately like a stick, you know, there's no, she cannot make a, a muscle. She, yes, she, she does. doesn't have a bicep. Yes, she does. It depends on how you define bicep. I mean, I just, you know, dude, I, I and I don't want to be a dead horse, but I just, for me, it, it that, that's not it. I'll, I'll send you a picture right now. <laughs> I've watched the movie. Like, I've seen her. <laughs> um, so I... Circling back around the dune, I'm definitely excited to see part two. I thought it was really fascinating that at the beginning of the movie they actually put part one. Yeah. So the guy was acknowledging the the filmmaker was acknowledging from the beginning. I don't remember his name, unfortunately. That this was uh, Villanueva. Just, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this Denis, was Denis Villanueva is is an amazing director. <laughs> Kudos to to that man. Um, Say his name. I, <laughs> 
what is it? Say his name. Yeah, what, say, say it again for me. I'll I'll say it after you say it. No, I want you to try. Oh, um, Vinicius Venueva. Wow. <laughs> Here, I, I just I just put it in the chat for you. Oh, De- Dennis is it Villanueva? Okay. Denis yeah. Villanueva. Man, don't get me don't get me started about French. I was just about to say it. I, I, <laughs> did you hear about Adidas? Yes. This is going around. I, I know did, about Adidas. Did you know that? That it was yeah. pronounced that way? Adidas? Yes. Mm-hmm. I hate language. Like, I just, like, no specific language. Just all language in general. Like, I just, you know. <laughs> I, just I knew it was pronounced that way. I hate language. I hate the dictionary. Like, I just. Did you know what it stands for? Uh, something about God. I don't remember. Um, no. <laughs> it stands for. Well, wrong. Many believe that it stands for all day I dream about soccer. Okay. Um, But it's actually an amalgamation of of uh, Adolf Hitler's nickname and the first three letters of his last name. Okay. (laughs) But that's Germany for you. (laughs) Sorry. I completely missed out that. It's not Adolf Hitler. It's Adolf Dassler. Oh, okay. That that does change things. His nickname was Adi, and his last name is Dassler. So Adidas. Right, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's his name. I heard that in passing. Yeah, it was kind of it was a German person on Twitter or Instagram. They made a whole post about it, and uh, they were they weren't like angry, but they were a little annoyed at Americans, and rightfully so, yeah, I'm sure. Because it's it's two parts instead of one thing, right? So if you push them together, it becomes Adidas. But it's it's his nickname was Adi, right? And his last two Americans. Was for saying things as quickly as possible without trying to, like, you know, pronounce anything in a hard way. So it's the ingenuity. You know, you, you, can't, you can't say, that, you know, we don't make an effort to get things done quickly, fast. Yeah, I mean, at least we say Nike correctly. <laughs> Nikkei. No, but I think most people say Nike. Nike? <laughs> so yeah, love Dune. Um, happy there's gonna be an- another one. Happy that the actor's gonna be older next time, and uh, I think I'm gonna enjoy it more. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, like I said, I, it, when I was reading the book, the images that I had uh, in my head of the planet of the the scenery was is is spot on. Yeah, there were some really fascinating concepts. Um, you know, I, I thought they, you know, just the the imagery that one scene in the rain where people were being blood and uh, bled, and you could, you know, they were uh, smearing the blood on their on the soldiers' faces. It was just very visceral, very like, really grabbed you. One other small negative was that there was at one point this weird kind of screaming sound effect in the background that I found maybe because we were seeing it in the movie theater, maybe there was something off with the sound levels, but you know, Oh, you mean the Hans Zimmer backtrack? Something. It actually sounded like screaming, like not like a loud instrument. Like, so that was a little off putting, but other than that, um, I definitely enjoyed it. 
So I, I would watch it again. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, I yeah. Like I said, I can't wait. <clears throat> what about the Eternals? Do you want to touch on that, or have you? Seen I it? haven't seen the Eternals, but I'm also not gonna go see it. And why? Why is that? So I haven't seen it either. Um. Well, two things, right? One, I was not a fan of that comic series. Were you aware um, of the Eternals before the movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's actually fairly recent, right? Okay, I yeah, I, I haven't looked into the comic book history at all. Like, it's not like a old, old comic. It's fairly recent. Like, I, I heard about it, but I, I was never really interested in it. I actually, and then, I don't think it is recent because in in some of the YouTube stuff I've shown, they look like some of the uh, strips they were showing was from the seventies. But you know, maybe you'd know more than I. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what? There might be some like old references to them or, or whatever. But I I think they made some remakes a couple years ago. I don't know. Anyway, I, I also have uh, two people that I know that went to go see it in theaters, um, and they both were said, "Yeah, I would I wouldn't watch it in theaters." <laughs> <laughs> to wait, to, to wait, wait and watch it at home, kind of deal. It's also a long movie, um, just like Dune. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's long for different reasons, right? So, like, well, the, it only has twenty five members of Eternals in it, right? So, I mean, you gotta spend at least ten minutes on each one. <laughs> um, uh, from what I understand, the entire movie is build up, and like everything happens at the end. Like the entire yeah. movie is like you feel it coming, you feel it coming, you feel it's coming, and then at the end it happens. <laughs> I I'm kind of getting to the point where it's like I'm kind of like, you know, I'm trying to decide: am I do I do I like the fact that it it exists, or do I wish it didn't exist? Because that that's like so you might like a video game, right? Really enjoy this game, and then you might see another game, and you're like, I really don't. I'm not going to play that game. It's not for me, but I'm glad it exists. And yes. so to me, I'm at the point where it's like, am I glad Eternal exists or do I do I not see any value in its existence? So and I'm I'm on the fence there. I I would say I'm on the fence there too. Like for example, perfect example, Dark Souls. Dark Souls uh one, Dark Souls two, Dark Souls three. I am a hundred percent glad they exist. Um I will never play them. I I'm kind of the same way. I have a hard time dedicating that much time and energy. So I'm happy that Dark Souls exists strictly for the fact of some of the comedy videos that I've seen people make of people who don't realize how hard a Dark Souls game is, and they just jump into it and start swinging and how hilarious that is. So I appreciate Dark Souls for that. Um, and, you know, obviously some of, the, some of the videos I've seen of people getting really skilled at it, and, and I think that's cool. You know, kudos for them. Uh, I'm never gonna attempt to play that because I'm just not that, you know, dedicated. Yeah, I don't, I don't like punishment that much. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is. I want to jump into Destiny. I want to feel like I'm a superhero. I want to start swinging around and just taking people out. You know, I want, I want easy. <laughs> so that's yeah, you, you and I are very different type of players. <laughs> but neither of us is into Dark Souls. Yeah, it says something. Yeah. Uh, another game I've been playing actually was uh, is Far Cry Six. Um, Ooh, let's get into it. Hey, have you played it? <laughs> no. So, I, I would first have, of all, let me ask you this before you get started: Have you played other Far Cry games? I played all of them. Oh, even better. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's, let's do this. <laughs> um, so Far Cry One was terrible. 
Um, Far Cry 2 was pretty awesome. Far Cry 3 was unbelievably amazing. That's what everybody says, yeah. Far Cry 3 was the goat. Far Cry 4 was was fun. It had playability. I actually enjoyed it a bit. Um, the story was like them just trying to recreate what three the magic that 3 had. 5 was a complete left turn, but it definitely had some playability to it. And I, and I finished that game. 6. The story is super kitschy. It's very... It's an old story. It's been retold a billion times. And I'm not really too interested in the story. But man, oh man, is the gunplay fun. Wow. Uh, um, the the way the guns sound, you have a backpack that shoots rockets off of it. Like, it's the sound. Oh, whoever did the sound design for this game deserves a medal. It the the way that the the guns sound and the way that they that the echoes through like the forest and like oh it's so good the sound design's amazing that's really interesting to me that you can acknowledge the fact that the story is a rehash because that's the biggest knock that i hear on far cry 6 it's just another far cry game there's the same missions there's the drug mission where you you become drunk or you get hazy like they did in the last two games like it's just the same thing like ubisoft can't step out of their shell and do something different because they are afraid so here's the here's the thing and i just i read something on this too is is when Ubisoft steps out of its shell and does something different, people hate them too. <laughs> so, yeah. like what they did with Ghost Recon. Ghost Recon used to be like a, like a straight like military sim, you know, like kind of a SOCOM kind of deal. And they verged into this RPG storytelling, and now it's going to be an online multiplayer game. And people are like, no, go back to single player. Go back to doing what you were good at, you know? So, so that's a bad example. That's <laughs> um, a bad example because Tom Clancy, he wrote those books, man. He those books were serious. You can't make that game into a Fortnite. It's not appropriate. Like it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. That's but I, I get what you're terrible saying. You can't satisfy everybody. Yeah. But um, I again, like I said, it's the same Far Cry story. But here's the thing, right? This is the, the same Far Cry missions, but the story that the way they incorporate it here. Is like oh evil dictator, and of course it's Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he's like the perfect villain. He's amazing. <laughs> he, but it's this. It's he's you know he's exactly what you expect him to be, a villain with you know who's got this, an heir he's trying to groom into himself. Like that's, and then like he does evil things that you know evil dictators do. Like that's it's, I I can guess what's about to happen. But let me ask you this. Go ahead, sorry. I'm gonna say there's like surprise. Uh, cameos by like Danny Trejo and like um, the music is fun. There's so much good music. Uh, so whoever did the sound design deserves a medal. Like I said, wow. What do you did you hear about the emails that were being sent out? Yes. How how do you feel about that? Is that the kind of marketing that you 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 think is kind kind of innovative, or is something that you think is not is not shouldn't be done? I understand what they were trying to do, um, trying to involve the real world into the game world, right? I think it was done in poor taste, however. They were trying to be cool and be like, oh, God, I'm going to send you an email and tell you that you, you suck at destroying dictators. But um, Yeah, let, let's take a second to just explain what the emails are in case some of the listeners haven't don't know so what those are. If you stop playing Far Cry 6... For I think I, I don't know how long it is because I haven't gotten the email yet, <laughs> and I haven't finished the game. Um, but uh, unless they stopped, maybe. But uh, after a certain amount of time, if you hadn't 
uh, logged into UbiPlay or, or played it, uh, you'd get an email to the email connected to your Ubisoft account uh, from Giancarlo Esposito or uh, Anton Costillo as the actor he, as the character he plays, saying that uh, you, you basically you're you're no good. I guess you're not good enough to destroy evil. He's gonna take over the town or the the region or he's, whatever. He's already the dictator. Right, right. Okay. You're, you're basically fighting with resistance to take him down. He says something about like thanks for leaving the area to me or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, he says <laughs> something like that. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, now the resistance is no more, and I have full control of the island. Right, right. Um, which I I I, th- I think what they were trying to do is is be cool and hip and like oh you know we we're involving you your real life, but especially now when there's so much stuff going on people are busy man yeah i'm just trying to think if i got an email like that would i be like oh i'm not gonna let him get me let me jump back into this game like i don't i don't well, of know course not. i don't think you would be i don't i think you'd be that would do it for me no 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 but like the the novelty of it probably would get it right it's something to talk about i mean i i don't think that would make me jump back in like if i stopped i stopped for a reason you know the game exactly. didn't grab me, or I was too busy, or there was other games I wanted to play. Exactly. Like that right. email is not going to make me start playing the game again. Yeah, and again, I was playing it because I enjoyed the gunplay, I enjoyed the sound. I wasn't playing it for the story, so I wasn't invested in the story. So I, I, if I got that email, I would have been like, well, okay, I'll just jump back when I jump back. You know, I'll load my save up, and <laughs> it'll be exactly where it was when I left it. You know? Well, what if... What if you had that gunplay with an original story? I don't think I would have stopped playing it. Ah. You know what I mean? I would Take have note, Ubisoft. It. Take note. Exactly. <laughs> I would have probably finished the story. Um, now, that's not to say that I won't go back playing it. I was thinking of probably playing a little bit tonight, actually. Mm. Um, but I'm not playing it for the story. I'm playing it for the actual, you know. I'm going to take out my... Um, <laughs> my assault rifle that has a actual laser hooked up to a glasses lens and an oil can for a for a uh, a silencer. An oil can. Yeah. So like, it, and the more you shoot it, the hotter it gets. The less, the more loud it gets. Wasn't it like a sidekick, like an animal or something? Did you pick an animal to? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that that whole aspect is is super kitschy for me. So like, you have like a crocodile that can kill people. You have a rooster that jumps on, attacks people's face. That's Far Cry, right? So I don't play with the animal. I I just tell it to leave. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I play by like myself. Because <laughs> to me, it becomes too easy, right? So I can. Are you more of a stealth player? It depends on the mood, right? So some sure. it depends on the mission too, right? So, like, if it's a mission that's got, like, 50 guys and, like, I'll try to quietly take out all the snipers and then I'll try to work my way into the base or whatever. If, with, if you have the croc behind you, you could just be like, all right, go to that guy, kill that dude. And then they'll, like, the whole base will come and alert and they'll attack the crocodile and the crocodile will die and you just wait 10 minutes and he comes back and you do the same thing again. Like, it's, it's, it's too easy. It just so, respawns. <laughs> yeah, it respawns. So I just... You know, I just, uh, I don't use them. That's so funny. Yeah, so I, I'm i glad that Far Cry exists because I appreciate single-player games. And I, I think that the way the games industry is moving, you know, toward these multiplayer games, 
I think there needs to be more of an emphasis on single player. Just give me a really good game. Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, I haven't played it, but, you know, it's getting rave reviews. You know, I think there's still a really strong market for single player games. And, you know, kudos to, to companies that are still making them. I don't know if Far Cry is a great example of that, but, you know, I... I'm glad it's, it's still happening. I'm with you there. I'm not a huge multiplayer dude. So interesting thing about Horizon 5, right, is that it's it's online. So you'll drive by other players, and you can challenge them to races in the middle, whatever. Um, but you don't have to. You can, you know, do your own. Right, thing. yeah. I'm seeing people online saying that, hey, I saw your drive guitar cut me off at the end of this race. You know, I was coming in first, and now I'm, I was second, and so forth and so on. But I think that that is kind of like multiplayer done kind of right. You know, yeah, yeah, no, no, but that's the driver tars are a completely separate thing. I'm talking about like actual live players driving around the real world that you can oh, okay. challenge in the like. Uh, well, cool thing, cool things happen too, right? Like for example, today I was I was driving around and I saw this dude who had a sick paint job on his car and he was doing donuts. So I just started doing donuts with him and then we were doing like donuts together. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of gives the game some life too. It you does. Don't feel like you're alone in this whole world, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's that aspect of it. But like, I'm with you. I think there needs to be more of an emphasis on single player games. I'm a huge single player game kind of guy. Um, uh, I did like how in Assassin's Creed, where if uh, how it's sort of online, where if someone else is playing the story online and they die by a certain character, you you have to go kill the character that killed them and you get some extra credit for that, you know? So it's like, like, like the nemesis system a little uh, bit. Not, not exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like you got killed by this certain character and you find that, you know, player's dead body. You have to go find that character that killed them. It could be just a random NPC, but, um, and you get points for killing that character. So it's, it's, that's cool. I really kind of like the way Death Stranding incorporated it where you can use like bridges and other, um, sort of like transportation type objects that other players have constructed or left behind so, to get a, a get around the land. You mean, you mean the uh, the package or the walking simulator? <laughs> oh yeah, we there, there's no <laughs> we know what Death Stranding is. There's there's no argument about it. Yeah, the the <laughs> the way they incorporated it so that you can just walk better. You know, using what the other players are left behind. You know, that's. That's really interesting. You might be looking at a mountain and you're like, oh, but wait, there's a grappling, you know, uh, cable. I, I don't know what's called. I never played the game. But, uh, you know, I've seen, you know, various playthroughs of it. And you can use those and it helps you get across the, the land faster because and there'll be different messages that you can read that other players have, you know, kind of kind of left. And sometimes when you're playing a single player game, it can get kind of lonely if you don't have NPCs talking to you or things like that. You know, so that kind of thing can kind of breathe new life into it without making it, you know, this, you know, forced matchmaking. Now you got to be surrounded by randos doing their own thing, you know. So it's kind of a neat kind of nod to the multiplayer aspect without making it a full multiplayer. Sure. I, I mean, you know, you know why I haven't played Death Stranding? Aside from the whole, so it's just walking, is uh, in one of the first trailers... As the as the character is walking, he has a baby, right? And oh, yeah. he trips and falls, and the baby starts crying because he got hurt from the fall or scared or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I can't play this now. <laughs> that dude, that's a very traumatic 
you know thing the the do with the thing with the babies is that they were babies who were i forget what it, what it was but their mothers died you know they got pulled from their mother's wombs as the mother was dying so they have a foot in both worlds the living world and the dead world you know very like painful concepts that that game you know talks about and obviously only like someone like hideo kojima could do that could <laughs> actually get the green light oh you want to carry around half dead babies in a in a basket on your chest yeah that sounds good let's sign you up you know like only someone like him could make that happen you know again glad it exists probably will never play yeah it. I'm, I'm not gonna play it you weren't you weren't part of like the halo multiplayer fights right anything like that what do you mean fights uh flights they they had these like timed oh um, yeah 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 i was i was i took part of that you were what did you think i i had a bunch of fun okay um have you been into halo in the past or uh yeah to say uh i'm in uh what's it called there's a program for halo fans oh okay <laughs> Yeah, I've I've played every Halo. Halo was literally the first first person shooter game that I completed. Wow. Um com- Halo Combat Evolved. And then Halo 2 came out. Okay. I played that in one go through the day it came out. Dude, what? Yeah, it was only 6 hours. Okay, wow. But the I, campaign, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I played I mean, here's a, at school we had little, you know, like a game area, and they had Xboxes set up, and so we'd play Halo multiplayer, like between classes and stuff. Our, our, I'd be done classes at four, or I'd go down to the, the, the arcade area and just play other players there or online. And uh, Halo was so much fun for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I got so good at it too. And then Halo Three came, and it was awesome. It was amazing. Halo Three Online is awesome. Halo Four started turning downwards. Was that when three four three took over from Bungie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, Bungie separated or took the people that worked on Halo and created three four three. Um, because three four three Guilty Spark is the name of one of the characters in the game. Okay. In fact, my wallpaper right now is Halo Infinite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, what I was gonna say is is Halo Five. The story just kind of got weirder, and it didn't really make sense. And I, the investment was kind of weird. I mean, I, I beat it. You know, I wanted to see it through the end, but Infinite with this new villain, uh, it's super exciting. And everything I'm hearing about that campaign is people are like, it is super flushed out, ultra detailed. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, come home. I'm back home to Halo. Yeah, uh, everyone says that it's like it's back to Halo Three days, like it's that kind of multiplayer. And I pl- I played it, and I was like, I'm having so much fun with this. Yeah, it looks like they finally did it right. I'm like, I'm not. In terms of like multiplayer games, I'll play like Battlefield occasionally. Be a thieves, I have a bunch of fun with, but nobody ever wants to play with me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have never played that. Oh, it's, dude, it's so we we have to try. Come on, we got to play because it's so much fun, man. <laughs> it's so much fun. I think you would enjoy it. I'll, I'll I'll try it at some point. Yeah, it, let me know when you get it, and we'll 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 crew a ship together. It'll be. I think I'll, I think it'll be. And we should record that, by the way, because it'll be hilarious. But oh uh, my gosh, I'll download it tonight. Yeah, yeah, if you and I play, uh, just like the the sailing aspect is cool, and then like when you come across 
other players or even like other NPCs that are out there that you can, you know, go against galleons. And like they have stories now, which are like parts of the Caribbean missions. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. What was I saying before? Oh yeah. Multiplayer games. <laughs> um, <laughs> are you talking about Halo? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Halo is one of those games that I'll, that, that I'll play. Um, I didn't play four or five online more than an hour, but I have like, 500 hours in Halo 3 online. <laughs> 200 some hours in Halo 2 online. And Halo 1 didn't really have an online back in the day. It was right. kind of like... It like, was too old. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to play the crap out of Halo Infinite. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I just love the glow up on Craig. I mean, they did comparisons <laughs> of... what he, <laughs> he, just, he just, you know, stepped his game up hard. Oh you know, my he's, God. Like, he's looking good. Yeah, I love it when studios like listen or to the fans or to memes or whatever. Like they specifically yeah, did you? Those are real people. They specifically called out the picture of like. So is this Craig just his name now? <laughs> <laughs> it's Craigery now. Oh god! Or like Craigery. Or like Dice with the whole uh, Battlefield 24, 2042 Renda thing. Okay. Like I'm, I'm not familiar, but yeah. Oh, so. One of the classic moves by user named Rendezuk on Battlefield, I think it was three or four. Yeah, it was four. Where you, there's jets dogfighting, and one of the person goes 90 degrees up in the jet, jumps out of the jet, takes out his rocket launcher, shoots the other jet, and then as his jet's falling, lands back onto it and climbs back in. And oh, it's, that's fire. It's called a Rendezuk. And in the 2042 trailer... It's named after that user? Yeah, yeah, It's called the Rendezuk, that play. Oh, wow. And then... <laughs> you haven't seen this? You gotta watch... Like, let's look up a Rendezuk on YouTube. And then on the Battle 24, 2042 launch trailer, or the teaser, or whatever, they showed the Rendezuk in the trailer. And everyone... You should people's reactions. Everyone's, like, going insane. Oh, my God, they did that yeah. in the trailer. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's... Yeah, I mean, like, it just... Like you're saying, it just shows that a studio is in tune with what, you know, pe real people are thinking and seeing, you know, they're, they're not shutting their eyes and pretending they didn't put out something that wasn't quite up to par with the original Craig. They're like, okay, let's lean into this paint. <laughs> you know, let's, I, I, I want this smoke. Let's do it. You know, I, I love that. Honestly, all they need to do is, is create a Reddit user account and be on that, whatever that is, subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's all you have to do or searches on twitter i i would even say reddit is better than twitter because on reddit people actually like post ideas and suggestions rather than just complaints like twitter does but yeah it's yeah. it's just just look at a reddit subreddit for for whatever topic out there and you'll find like a million different ways to do something like <laughs> yeah uh, like you know i feel like if it's a pain point for for the gaming fans hey let's Let's address that specifically. Let's show them that we are listening, that we are paying attention, that we're not just nameless faces behind an office building. You know, I just, I think that's amazing. And I think, you know, d delay, delay the game. And they did. You know, if a game's not ready, delay it. I mean, I don't want to, I, I love Cyberpunk 2077, and I'm going to continue to love it. But, <laughs> you know. Prime example nowadays, obviously, of a game that should have been delayed. I think it's a great game, 
Um, but if that, the way that CD Projekt Red stock, I'm not talking about like money financial stock. I'm talking about the stock in the hearts of gamers, how high that was, how much, how beloved yeah, I was that there. company was. Yeah, everybody was. Who who didn't love CD Projekt Red? The, the Witcher and all this other stuff. And then just to see how far it fell, you know, that's, it's just a sad situation. Like, I'm not even angry. I'm just sad. Yeah, you know, it's just like I was, so, I was so angry. I was yeah. so angry, and now, yeah, you're right. Because now you understand this is what happened when when corporate takes over. Exactly, when the money becomes more important than delivering the vision that you communicated to the gamers, you know, and making you know CG trailers into you know supposed gameplay that's not. You know, there was supposed to be like a train system. Yeah, I'm not even gonna go down the rabbit hole of what should have been with CD Projekt Red uh, with Cyberpunk 2077. But yeah, and but yeah. remember how hated Hello Games was after No Man's Sky came out, mm-hmm. and how beloved they are right now. Yeah, have you played No Man's Sky? I have. It's fun. It's a great game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and now they added like so much more stuff to it. Or like, yeah, it, it's a real live game. It, it's. A world along the same lines, like Elite Dangerous. Have you played that? I haven't downloaded. I think I might have launched it once, but yeah, it's on Game Pass. I haven't installed on my Xbox. Well, so the Xbox, uh, so the, there's there's the new updates and stuff like that, which I think uh, your PC might be better for. But dude, I, uh, talk about a great game. They they're doing the exact opposite of Star Citizen, right? Which is they said they were going to release a game and then update it as it goes along. Like, it was at least, what, in 2013? And I, I actually like Star Citizen. I've never played it, but I just I, I find what they're doing to be fascinating. So, so here's the thing, right? Star while Citizen's, never releasing a game. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing, right? So Star Citizen is like, we're going to release this game. Here's a bunch of demos. Here's a bunch of demo stuff that you can do and whatever. We'll add more to the demos and whatever. But Elite Dangerous was like, here's a full game, right? It's a full game. We're just going to add more and more and more and more things to it, right? Like yeah. in the recent update, you can now get out of your ship and like walk on planets and have gunfights and like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, but but at the beginning, like when it was first released, was it a fully functional working? Like, was it up to people's expectations, or did it fall kind of short? It was a basically a a no man's sky like here. You buy from this colony, travel your sh- ship here, fight some NPCs. Like it was a full flushed out game, and like yeah. this, the whole the craziest thing, right, is this the system, the solar system, is is all the information is taken from like NASA and international space teams, right? Oh wow, so it's real. Yeah, it's real. real. All the science in Elite Dangerous is real. I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you if you open up the star map, it's the soul. It's it's the Milky Way. Um, wow. You can travel to any, uh, and they're named all of the stars according to how they would scientifically be named if they found more stars. Like it's, you know, like if you go to the, the craziest part is right. If you go to Alpha Centauri, mm-hmm. um, there's a station out by the closest star. Once you get there, so if you drop into the star, it takes almost an hour and 20 minutes real time to travel uh i think you're traveling like 400 times the speed of light so it it takes an hour and a half real time at your max speed to go from one point to the next station (laughs) 
That's some flight simulator nonsense. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the that. no, no, no. That's the only system that's the case, right? Like most places, it's oh, like okay. you can get to places with under a minute or whatever. Um, but the travel times are are stretched out and, and to it's it's a simulation, man. Right? You're you're in a spaceship. Right. You go to the station. You you know you pick up some contracts to either transport people, goods, buy and sell stuff. The economy is completely flushed out. The economy changes. Right, like sometimes this colony wants these things, and it goes out through the entire system. Right, you can mine things from different planets. You can, you can like, you know, fight alongside armies and navies, and you know, get your reputation up with different people. And like, it's you could be a taxi service. You just taxi people from one station to another. You know, it's you can do whatever yeah. you want in that game. That's cool. It's it's really cool. I had a uh, I have a bunch of hours in it. I always come back to it every now and then. Yeah, I, I just wish companies would take their time, you know, make the game right. You know, I think, I guess CD Projekt Red kind of put themselves in a bit of a hole by talking about this game, like, I don't know, 10 years ago. 2011. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know, it, it's a sad situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that with Halo, we're going to see something that... Even though it's still not a hundred percent ready, when it's going to come out next month, um, I think it's going to be amazing. Just the yeah. uh, the multiplayer and the campaign. So even without yeah. the uh, the co-play. Yeah, I think the, well, the multiplayer has been fun. Yeah. Um, look, I, I I don't think I saw. I think I only saw one bug in my playthrough. Mm-hmm. Well, people were saying that when you shot at the fruit, it didn't really hit right. You know, that the fruit was an issue, <laughs> you know. And then also, I think when you, there was some a tire issue with the tire not deflating the way like they expected. Th- these are important things. And, you know, I, I hear you laughing, but I mean, as a gamer, isn't this, don't you care? You know, when, when you shoot a fruit, you know, isn't that, you know, you don't want to break your immersion because you, that's what you're there for, shooting fruit. Meanwhile, yeah. you're a seven foot two tall uh, space marine. Shooting that pineapples. That's what it's all about, man. I, I, you can't disregard the fruit mechanics. Yeah, you, know, you were you were uh, kidnapped at birth and replaced with a clone that died two years later. Yeah. You never had fruit. You don't want anyone else to have the fruit either. So you're shooting fruit. The fruit doesn't you know, explode properly. And, uh. you know, I, I, <laughs> I just, I wish that people would just enjoy things. You know, without feeling the need for everything to be a hundred percent lifelike and perfect, because I'll be completely honest. You know, maybe you're into this kind of life simulators where, like, you have to have a certain amount of oxygen, you got to eat at certain intervals, you got to sleep. You know, I'm not into games like that. I want to be legit Superman. You know, I I want to be the guy who I can go anywhere, I can do anything. Of course, there's going to be challenges. But I don't want to pay attention to how fatigued I am. And I like, that's not, I don't want my game to be real life. I don't care if I'm shooting fruit and the fruit doesn't react properly. I know that this is a simulation for me to be a Superman. Like, so don't play Kingdom Come Deliverance. I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm that not. game, by the way. But yeah, I'm just, 
I already have to do that in real life. I already have to pay attention to my health and, and you know, get enough sleep. Why, why do I have to play a game? And I get it. Some people want to be fully immersed. And, you know, to each, to each his own, I applaud those people. And I'm glad that they have an outlet like that. But I think that we should just take a step, all take a step back and just say, what's good about this versus what's not super important? So... I think that people are going to do that with Halo. I think that Halo is getting, you know, all of the the the, the important things right. So, and I'm I'm happy to see it. Yeah, I'm super excited for this game. I'm just hoping it doesn't drop like CP2077. I'm almost 100% sure it's not because Microsoft, you know, they're paying really close attention to this. They they know that this has to hit. Yep. And they have been doing too well lately to have Halo, you know, not knock it out of the park. So yeah. um, it's an interesting situation. I think Microsoft is, you know, they're still making, you know, little missteps here and there. But I think for the most part, they're they're getting their act together. And hey, word on the street is they're going to buy Sega. So, you know, we can always look forward to that. Yeah, they almost bought Discord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love these rumors. um yeah that sega thing is pretty interesting so i mean incorporating you know sonic and uh, that that would be i don't know how yeah it's (laughs) it's pretty interesting so like i just got back into gaming just recently from the past like three years i would say and like i just knew you know i have some personal biases I, i i have a playstation you know um I bought a PlayStation shortly after I bought the Xbox because my wife wanted to to play certain exclusive PlayStation games. I have nothing against, you know, PlayStation, but I knew that I was never going to be, like, really in the ecosystem, the Sony ecosystem, because of how they hurt me. And, you know, when I was growing up, I loved Sega. Like, Sega was Sega Genesis, the, I don't know, the, the 30, the, the CD, Sega CD, um... There was some other system that I can't remember the name of that Sega looked Saturn? like a well before the Sega Saturn there was like this this 3DX or something that you would put on oh, top yeah. of your <laughs> of your Genesis to you know make it take disc I don't know something wild and um, yeah I just I loved it so much and you know I bought a Sega Saturn I recently just bought the Dreamcast and when the when Sony killed the Dreamcast, you know, and I can't really say Sony killed it because, you know, Sega obviously made some some design decisions that kind of, you know, didn't bode well for the Dreamcast. I think it couldn't play DVDs, whereas PlayStation could. So the rationale was, well, if I buy a PlayStation, I can also play, you know, DVD movies. So I might as well just save myself some money, you know, things like that. So, you know, I was I was hurt. I was hurt hard. So now when I wanted to get back into gaming, I was like, nah, definitely not PlayStation. And secondly, that PlayStation controller, man. I'm so glad they redid it because it's just not, that's not it. Um, I just love the Xbox controller. And uh, I just, I really enjoy seeing Xbox do well. I hope Sony does well and continues to do well. I started playing Uncharted. Um, Great games. Didn't, yeah yeah <laughs> i we could talk uh you know about that movie as well do you see the trailer for uncharted no i i only uncharted thing that i've seen 
is the the fan made thing with Nathan Fillion, and that was awesome. That was awesome. So the new Uncharted trailer is is not awesome in that way. <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna say. So um, you know, I think the competition is good. I'm glad that PlayStation exists and Sony exists, but I just I love what Microsoft's doing. I love their games. I love their hardware, and um, yeah, I'm gonna try to get a Series X at some point next year. And uh, just their whole um. I don't want to say pricing system, but the way they have Game Pass Ultimate of being able to play on PC when I when I'm traveling, I bring my tablet with me. I'm able to, you know, Bluetooth my Xbox controller to my tablet and play stream games from the cloud. You know, it's just it saves me so much money and time. You know, it's just you know, Sony they're talking about PlayStation PC, but I think you're going to have to buy those games a second time. You know, I just, I, I'm not sure, but it just seems like Microsoft is being more consumer friendly in the way that they're packaging things where they're getting away from this locked into the console system and allowing you to play on multiple devices. And I just think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's an amazing thing. Um, and I, I just wish crossplay was a thing, you know, I'm with you. I don't, I'm not a fan of the PlayStation controller. I think the analog stick should be on different spots of the controller. It just works better. It feels it feels right. Yeah. I feel it feels right. I do think the PlayStation 5 triggers are better though. So like if you play, for example, the new Call of Duty on a PlayStation controller, like the different guns have different um tensions on the trigger. Dude, I have heard so many good things about the PlayStation Five controller. It's there; it has a speaker in it. Yeah, and, well, the, the four had a speaker in it too. Well, as well as the the what I what I heard was that in certain games, when it rains, you can feel the rain. Like the vibration is so intense that they can make these tiny little vibration effects. Like it's way more immersive. You know, it's just it adds so much more to the gameplay. And I'll be completely honest, like. When I'm playing shooters on my Xbox, I like the vibration on, you know, and that tells you that I'm not a hardcore gamer, because if you're really trying to, you know, get some kills, you don't need your controller vibrating. But right. I love that <laughs> because yeah, it makes me feel like I can feel the gun, you know, right. I just, it adds something to it. So the PlayStation controller, you know, if we put aside the feel of it, just the, the capability that it has to bring you more into the game has you know transcended the xbox controller uh, so far i hope that xbox will incorporate some of those same features into their next controller for sure they will i mean when the when they first or the last redesign like the one with the xbox one came out first right having their extra um motors in, or having motors in each individual trigger so that like for example in racing games you could feel in the accelerator when your right side of your tire was going over like a grid or a rough patch uh, and your left left side was not, you could feel a difference, right? Yeah. Um, you can still cool. feel th that's cool, but like they don't, uh, I think they're, they could be better and knowing Microsoft, they'll, they'll definitely make a change there. They, they're out there to, you know, see other people's ideas and then, and then take them, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is a good and a bad thing, right? Yeah, as long as they implement it well, and you know, I mean, that's that's what everyone kind of does anyway. So it's it's not like you know, 
other companies haven't done the same thing. So yeah, I mean that's, that's yeah. Apple's mo. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of funny. So um, my my manager was saying he he used to have all Amazon uh, home aut automation devices. I forget what the, I forget what it's called. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. Yeah, in his yeah, I house. Know. He recently switched to to Google, mm -hmm. uh, Google Home, I guess. Yep. And the rationale for that was that Google, no, I'm sorry, he switched to to all Apple. And the rationale for that is that Apple doesn't have a lot of reason to to shop you, you know, because that's like you are the product. Like so, to to a Google who's like a lot of income is ad revenue selling your personal data to outside companies is kind of like how they make their their money so they have an impetus they have a reason to kind of take your data and sell it whereas apple you're locked into this ecosystem you have the phones they make the hardware they make the software they're making enough money off you that they don't have as much their their business model is not designed on selling advertisements to you the way some of these other companies are. Sure. Not to say that they're, you know, a good company, but they're kind of like the lesser of the the evils. So when well, it comes to the big three. In some cases, I I, I see his rationale at least in terms I, of I see what he's talking people. about and his preferences, right? I mean, a difference for me is actual functionality. Cause it just that sucks. plays a part as well. <laughs> it just have you used the Apple Home Kit? Like my I, no, I have not. My wife had an Apple Home speaker, which I just I tossed against the wall because it was so frustrating. Um, and, and and that's not coming to say like that's an Apple user because my wife absolutely has Apple everything, right? But right. like <clears throat> it would literally go off every three minutes um, on something, and then it would disconnect from the Wi-Fi, and then she. Got another one to replace it because of some issues and having some other issues. And I was like, I'm so done with this thing. And then the way that, so we have, we have a smart home, right? I have Google devices everywhere mm -hmm. or smart devices anywhere. So like her uh, Apple HomeKit doesn't talk to my smart lock properly. It doesn't talk to the outlets or the lights properly. It just breaks all the time. And I'm like, I, you can't trust it. Whereas my Google stuff works instantly right away. It just works. I don't have to think about it. I plug it in. It sees it. It pops up on my Google phone. I just hit OK, and it connects it to the, the Z-Wave network, and it just works. You know? Um, that's my kind of thing. Now, the other side of that is, OK, they, do they have the potential of selling my data? OK, they, they do. Um, am I the customer? Am I the product? OK. All right, I understand that. But... Your your data isn't safe from Apple either, right? Oh yeah, Whereas no. It's are they selling it? No, but what are they doing with it? Are they? <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. No, no company is like. No, no company do I trust in that way. Exactly, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't. That. Yeah, and and you can't say they're all. That anyone's a good person. I mean, Google took "Don't be evil" out of their, <laughs> their, their what do you call it? Their their motto or their mission. Like I, I find it to be so fascinating. Like, don't be evil. Like, under what circumstances would it be okay to be evil? 
like and it's kind of like okay well mm, i don't know if we can ascribe to this model anymore i don't know if we can really like stand behind this whole don't be evil thing like do we really want to say that like <laughs> so what is hard about that like uh, oh, oh, don't murder well mm, sometimes I, I just i feel like i really i know i, I get upset i, I think i want to murder someone like i just i don't want to say that anymore like <laughs> the reasoning behind it and from what i understand from the the research is that um they didn't think it would be fitting to put um put it colloquially out there you know what i mean like it doesn't seem professional to have a colloquial term or colloquial phrase. I I would agree with that. Well, so that's the reason they took it out. Um, is is my understanding anyway? So here here's one of the things that I I try to live by in general. I try to be more positive than negative. Like if I'm gonna tweet something or post something, I typically won't tweet something out like this is terrible and it sucks. I'll, <laughs> exact <gonna>, opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Twitter saying this is literally is... a complaint department. <laughs> And I've seen like some of the things that, that I don't think I don't think I'm following you on Twitter, but some of the things I've seen you post on Facebook in the past have been like I had a horrible experience at this company, and then you'll at the company, and yeah. that's actually a legitimate way to get you know complaints resolved and things fixed because it, is, it puts the company on the spot in the public. One hundred percent of the way that I've gotten almost all of my <laughs> problems resolved is through Twitter and Facebook because they pay attention to that versus a freaking phone call. I'll right. I'll be on the phone with Comcast. This happened yesterday. I was on the phone with Comcast trying to figure out why the hell my internet wasn't working. And I tweeted them. And the freaking social team on Twitter told me what the problem was before the people on the phone did. Right. Yeah. And I think that that makes sense. You know, you're not just complaining, but you're looking towards some resolution or some help. Yep. And I think a lot of people on social media, they just want to complain. They just want to be negative just to be negative. So, you know, for me, I, I typically will, I'll retweet things that I like. I'll say, wow, this is a really good podcast. You know, this was a really good idea. I really appreciate this. And Google could do the same thing. They could say, take a step back and say, well, mm, don't be evil. That kind of puts a focus on on evil. Like, you know, it's, let's let's take that out. Let's say, hey you know, do well, hey, let's, let's be good, you know, like, yeah. there's, a, that doesn't, that's not catchy, but like, <laughs> there's a, there would be a way, instead of just, hey, let's just strike that from our, from our mission statement, replace that with a positive statement, but then, that means you got to stand behind that positive statement, and that's where you could be putting yourself in a, you know, good is subjective, you know, well is subjective, you know, this country, good means this, that country, good means that. And, you know, Google, why are you charging me over a thousand dollars for a phone? I don't think that's what good business is, you know, so you open yourself up to that type of thing. But for me, you know, I, it shows how far you've come you know, from this idealistic, hey, we want to change the world. Hey, we want to be different. Hey, we want to provide a service, you know? And I kind of feel like that's what Xbox is kind of trying to give back to the fans. And maybe one day we're all going to wake up and we're all in Game Pass and they're going to be like, yeah, we're going up to $50 a month now that we got you guys. Maybe that'll happen. And that's, that's quite a possibility. But at the moment, it seems like they're trying to, trying to give us back something, you know? And a lot of these companies... You just don't get that feeling. It feels like they're trying to take more from you. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of their business decisions are kind of going the same way too. So it's like, is is Microsoft turning a page here? Uh, of instead of being, you know, well, I didn't say Microsoft. <laughs> I said Xbox. I don't want to talk about Windows Eleven. So, <laughs> well, so yeah, 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 I I have a preview download on one of my laptops, and then it's it's. I don't want to say it's hot garbage. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but you have to understand, in terms of operating systems, the Microsoft roller coaster, right? And you and I talked about this before. Whereas, like, remember Windows DOS? It was, you know, okay. People, some people liked it, some people hated it. 3.1 came out, and it blew everyone's mind. Oh, the GUI, you know, everything was, was crazy, right? So, and then Windows 95 came and was, people were excited about it, but it was, uh, it was okay. It wasn't great. 98 was awesome. People love 98. And, you know, and me, I mean, everyone knows a story about Windows and me, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What was it? But then XP, right? XP was great. Mm-hmm. And then Vista was terrible. <laughs> right? And then 7 was awesome. And then eight was terrible, <laughs> and then ten. And ten, ten's amazing. Yes. And so here we go. Eleven, not exactly going in the right track. I just I thought we had gotten to a point where, you know, Overwatch or or Destiny. There doesn't need to be a Destiny three. There doesn't need to be an Overwatch two. Like just just keep improving on what you have. Like why do we need to? you know, keep downloading new versions. Like, I just, you know... So, we're in a post-version world, I feel like. I, I don't think... That's, that's moving backwards. So, so one thing that's nice that I, that I recently found out about Windows 11 is that you can actually change the UI to look more like Windows 10. Okay. And it'll function that way. But the reasoning behind a new edition, because Windows 10 was supposed to be the last, right, Windows... Um, is uh, the security. There, ha- there were some inherent security changes that Microsoft made to the operating system that required changes to the kernel, right? And so an entire break- code breakdown had to occur. They had to reformat some things in order to make it work properly for security purposes, to be more secure, in a sense. So that that's the reasoning behind Windows 11, really. The UI stuff... I think they were just taking a crack at it to make it different than Windows 10 because, you know, it's a new version of Windows, so. Yeah, let's just change something just to say we did. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Let's make it more, you know, whatever. That's that's kind of what it is, so you could probably blame the UX team at, at Microsoft for that, but uh, the reasoning for Windows 11 specifically was security. How has that affected like your your gaming like do you feel like it's made it harder so i don't have it installed on my desktop okay (laughs) it's on a spare laptop right now right because like i mean that's me like if if i were gonna at some point i'm gonna get a a gaming pc and you know i'm just you know i don't think anybody wants to really experiment because you know getting games up and running in an optimal way on pc is already involves enough hoops I don't think people really want to mess around with another oper- a new operating system right now. Yeah, I'm going to give it some time before update. I already have the thing that says, hey, you can, you can update to Windows 11 now. And I, and I said, 
hold off. I did upgrade from uh, 7 to 10 as quickly as I could. Yeah, um, I mean, but 8 was already kind of a thing, you know, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't like you were jumping on something, like, new. I mean, it was new, but you knew that they had fixed, you know. When 10 came out, like, it was pretty much universally, I won't say universally, but it was adopted pretty quickly by the majority of, of you know, consumers and businesses that it was an improvement. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's about the time we have for today. But uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. Talk soon.